risk takers, innovators, business owners, and they're a couple. Welcome to A Couple of Entrepreneurs, a series about couples who start a business together without ending their relationship. Hear their unique stories, get tips, advice, and the secret to their success. Would you work with your spouse? Hosted by Mickey and Tony, a couple of entrepreneurs. Co-founders of Branding Shorts. A couple of serial entrepreneurs, an escape from New Jersey, and the freedom they found in Mexico to discover their true calling. Meet Charlotte and Mark, owners of Orange Light Wave Entertainment, coming to us from Baja, Mexico. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So nice to be here. You know that we are transplants from the East Coast, from the New York, New Jersey area. So everybody is going to want to know how the hell we got down here and why. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. So tell us, what do you guys do? I am a poet, published, writer, author, director of the Baja Sur Poet and Writer League. I am the co-founder of the Celebrant Foundation, an institute that I started up in New York a long time ago and New Jersey. I sold my business uh, three years ago to my partner, and now I spend time with Charlotte. We do events and poetry, and, and I do music. So you guys do events together? Yes, we do events together. We are serial entrepreneur couples. We've done this many, many times. This is something that we did when we first met each other in 2002 on Match.com. Yes, they put us together. (laughs) From the very get-go, you know, Mark started helping me with my fledgling business, which was the Celebrant Foundation and Institute. And it is a school that teaches people to become ceremony and ritual makers. And it became a a new career for a lot of people, a full-time career for people who would marry, do personalized weddings and funerals, and everything in between. We started off in 2002, and Mark was helping us with the technology because he had a uh, company called Bulging Brain Technologies, which Mark and I once again named. And Mark said to me, hey, when we were dating, I want to take your class because I want to be closer to you. I want to do things with you. I want our lives to be something that we are working together. A lot of us people who are couple entrepreneurs, we realize right away when either spouses or partners or people in our life are going to pick us up and we're going to be moving forward and we're going to be dancing together. You know, we don't know what the dance will be, but we know that we will dip or we'll jump or we'll do things together and we know the other person has our hand. We've known each other for many, many years. Um, And I know you guys had a lot of uh, crossover, a lot of businesses. You had an invention for a pet business. You are serial entrepreneurs in that way, too. (laughs) They talked a lot about the business they had. What about the business today? There came a time when we were in New Jersey and we're looking out our window at a whole bunch of snow and the taxes in Montclair, New Jersey were going up, up, up. And we said, you know, I think there might be someplace, another great adventure we should take a look at. We looked at different places together, and then one time we came down to the Baja to see a friend. Mark said to me, this place is great. What if we just call it a day in New Jersey? Let's give it a try. Let's, you know, move down here, buy something, and what's the worst thing that can happen? We, we, we decided to pack it up and sell our house, 
get rid of everything practically that we have, which I would highly recommend that people do that at least once in their life. All that stuff they've accumulated, have an opportunity to purge it all and start from scratch. Since we sold both our businesses, we wanted to we wanted to be active in the community. So Charlotte started a yeah. Poets and Writers League, and then we do events and uh, poetry and music together. We just teamed up because with her skill and my skill with the music, we thought it'd be a nice, easy transition into the into the area down here that allows a lot of uh, artists to to work. How do you mix it? Like, there's poetry and music at an event. Or? Yeah. So what we do is Charlotte will will gather a couple of poets together, and then she'll go over the poetry that she wants to do, and, and then I'll set up the music and sound system, and I'll do flamenco and classical, and then I have a a musical band that I work with and I'll have a few guys. So what we do is we integrate it, we infuse, where we'll play and then she'll she'll read poetry and then she'll lead it into a musical thing and then I'll play a little while and then some of the poets will read while we play in the background and then she'll do it in both English and Spanish. And then people like to come, you know, they, they, they like events here. Like what, when you say events, like how do they get people to come to watch you guys? Like is it promoted? So mainly posters, Facebook, the owners of the establishments also promote it through their audience. And usually they do dinner, and then we do the show. What sparked this idea of doing poetry and music together? So there's a restaurant tour here in town that during the time of COVID was actually suffering with this business, as I'm sure it was happening all over. And Mark said, hey, you know, I can play a little flamenco for you, a little flamenco on guitar while you have a few tables there. And then all of a sudden, people started coming out. And then there's a lot of people here that enjoy poetry and theater and dance. So the audience that you guys have, is it, I mean, you're in Mexico. So like, is it all English speaking? Is it Spanish speaking? Is it what? We have a lot of tourists, so the town is big in, in tourism. So I would say our town is a small town, and then it probably doubles for tourism throughout six months of the year. So what we wind up playing and performing to is locals who are here and tourists, indigenous Mexican, and foreigners like ourselves from Canada or Europe or the United States. So there's, an, there's a whole infusion of, of culture here. Charlotte does a lot of poetry in Spanish, but I sing in English, I can't sing. I can't sing in Spanish. No, so. you do Maria Maria, yeah. Maria, no, that's, Maria. Which is English. I know. Oh. Okay, so, so yeah, but Tony, it's, it's a mixed crowd, but a lot of the Mexicans speak speak English here too. Much better than us. Yeah, much better than us. (laughs) I love it that you found this this sweet spot in Baja. That's wonderful. There's also a lot of musicians down here, so it's nice to see the musicians getting together and playing with each other. Some of the bands that have made their homes here is R.E.M. and also from Led Zeppelin, John Paul Jones had his home here for many years. So there seems to be a lot of, this is a music mecca. And it's beautiful here, no one ever dies, you live forever. Right, no one ever dies, you live forever. (laughs) Then there's surfing and there's yoga, so those kinds of things, and organic gardening. And then there's horses running down your street with dogs and cows and chickens. So that whole combo works real well together. That's great, and you probably get inspired by a lot of that. I think what happens is when a couple works together, and then if they happen to move together in selling or moving on their business, there's a natural progression where you want to still continue doing something. I don't think you, you want to stop that. It started where an owner wanted, sort of seemed to need assistance, and I wasn't playing music, but since I sold the business, I said I'll play. At no cost to get the restaurant going because I liked him, and it worked well. And then what happened is Charlotte said, 
I would like to do some poetry at some of your shows. And I said, that's a good idea. So she started reading during some of the shows. And we would do a lot of popular music, you know, like Beatles, Santana. And then we would take a break and Charlotte would do some readings and we found out people liked it, right? Yes, yes, as a matter of fact, if I didn't show up uh, to read one day, they would be very disappointed. So every Friday night, I do read and I do get together with other local writers and I put together this league and then I create three events a year and then Mark and I will rehearse and on a piece where I'm reading and he might be doing, uh, you know, flamenco guitar. So it's all interwoven. So these pieces are all really not just off the cuff, they're all rehearsed. And then because she was doing well and they liked it, we started doing shows together. How long are the shows that you guys do? An hour and a half. Long. Wow. It's nice and it's, it's not something we really do for a financial thing at this point in the game, but we do charge. Is there a name for your, what you do? Yeah, orange is sort of our color. So Orange Light Wave, so that is our umbrella for our emails and things like that. And I have a little production company that's sort of it. But uh, yeah, so we the one that is coming up in the summer, in the dog days of summer, we're going to be doing a production called Animale, Animal, Animale Expressed. So we'll have music that has to do with horse with no name or black magic woman, which is the animal within us. And then different writers will come up and they will, spoken word, and they will read pieces from their work that have to do with either an animal or the animal spirit. And then we encourage the, the, the people that are coming in to bring their animal spirits with them, either in their hearts or where, whatever they want. So what's so nice about that is we get the town involved. This is awesome, and it's I'm so happy for you guys. This sounds like so much fun and so creative and so satisfying. As a couple, working together, being together most of the time, what's your work-life balance? How do you separate personal and business? Well, when Mark is in the garage with the, with the, in the bodega doing rehearsal, I'm cooking Greek food. When he's doing his work, I might be doing writing. And also, we're but we're both performing artists. I think the key is that I think when you recognize what your strengths are for each person, you let them go with those strengths. Uh huh. And I think as a couple, you have to do that both in love and in friendship and in and in business, because I think that that's important. Because you know you try to I think you try to bleed over into it, but like Char's good with the words and the ideas and the, and the, the atmosphere. I'm good with the music and the technical side. She just let all the technical stuff stay to me. She didn't jump in. A lot of clients in, in the business I had would try to get inside maybe, but they would try to get in between and that would cause problems. I think as a couple, if you know each other's strengths and you let them go with those strengths. And then in business and personal, I mean, I think with us it's, it's all the same. When we're together, we just also talk about what things we want to do. We talk a lot together. And, and in that sense, <laughs> I think I think you have to have a strong bond as individuals. So it's roles and it's communication. We, we come across areas where we disagree in things and we say, well, what should we do at this level? I don't really think they're arguments anymore. I think they're just like, how should we do this? Or what? how do you want to approach this? Well, let me ask you guys, because we know you guys for a long time. How important is, is having a sense of humor? 
big because I try to do it on stage. Yeah, he tries, and sometimes the people down here don't get it because they're mostly West Coast people, and they don't get, like, the New Jersey humor or the New York humor, and so it's funny. He'll say something. You can see that the East Coast people are all laughing, and all the people from California are sitting there going, what did he say? <laughs> it's yeah, so, you know what? When I used to do, do stand-up, that was Mickey's reaction to me. Like, what is he talking about? Wait a minute. I, I was the plant in I, the audience. I don't understand one joke you're telling right like, now. It's all like, right. I'm just I think, I think um, sense of humor. Is, I think it's big, Tony, for everything, right? I think it really helps stabilize. I mean, I, I'm serious about things, but I think with Charlotte and I, I think it's good to have the sense of humor within the within the marriage and the um, and the the business aspect of everything. So it, it's good. So I think I think Tony's point. Is, I think 100%. Tony. Yeah, you can't take anything too seriously, right? I mean, you have to be able to laugh at things or anything. I mean, you take everything seriously because. You know, it's like, oh, you wake up today and you're like, oh, you start talking about, you know, what body part hurts, but you got, <laughs> you can't keep doing it. You got, you got to laugh about it later. <laughs> you know, that's pretty funny. I was with my friend. We were with our friends, and Mick told that we were talking, and, and he looked at us one day a couple years back before we moved. He goes, you know, we're in phase three conversation. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, you hear the conversation you're talking about your calling, how it hurts, and and then you're talking about what operation you had and who's sick. I go, what's phase one? He goes, oh, when you're when you're dating and you're in high school and the, and, the, and the boy or woman you're dating. I go, what's phase two? He goes, oh, when you buy a house and you have kids. I go, now we're in phase three. He goes, yeah. I go, can I go back? He goes, nope. He goes, you're, already, he goes, you're in phase three. <laughs> so you have to have humor in it. Speaking about right. phase three, a lot of people thought when we, uh, when I passed my business on the Celebrant Foundation and Mark sold his business right around this whole time of uh, 2000. 20, right? People said, oh, are you retiring? And I'm like, no, we're advancing. There are things that we really wanted to do in our life that we love from the past and also things that we brought with us to the point we are right now, our skills, our, our, our passions. So I always was writing. Even I always found a job where I could write, like even the, even the fact that I was the director of the yeah, Celebrant Foundation. I needed to write. And Mark would always, every night, play guitar and do you know, classical and flamenco. So when we came down here, when we our, our 9 to 5 went to the wayside, and we were not doing 9 to 5, we're not doing 45, 50-hour weeks anymore at work, all of a sudden when we said we're not doing that anymore, some people go, oh, shit, you know, oh, we're not doing it. It, it, it takes some kind of person, their, their personal aspect of themselves away from them. But we said, this is such an opportunity for Mark to delve into his music and for me to delve into our writing and then do things again all then, over again. And then keep the sense of humor about it. And keep the sense of humor and enjoy. So I want everybody out there to know that even after you do the your businesses, so to speak, there's always something on the other side of the rainbow that you can do together uh, that is very much helpful to the community, but it feeds your soul. And it's taken our relationship to even another level. You have to be malleable. You have to let things expand the way they need to. When I play music, you go in with an intent, but then all personalities create something a little different. Ten years ago, did you guys think you would be living in Mexico doing poetry and playing music together? No not, way. Not at, all, not at all. But I think what happened for us is, for me, because I was full-time musician and toured around the country for many years, and then I went into computers afterwards, that just sat dormant. And I always played, and then Charles said, you should go back into it after you, you, know, you sold your business. And it's something I always kept. So I think the talents we have inside and all our interests 
at this point in our life, you're right, Tony, I never thought I'd be playing living in Mexico or anything. And there's life, there's the whole thing that, and we came down on a whim from a friend said, come visit me for a week. And then we liked it and we wanted to, to move. But yeah, I never thought I'd, I never thought I'd be, I'd be doing that. We're adventurous though. They're like, hey, let's try something. And what's the worst that can happen? Well, you can you don't do yeah. it. I mean, just as long as you're not jumping out of a plane without a parachute, <laughs> you know. It's so funny. Your plans for your future is like a straight line, but then the future has a mind of its own, and it's a scribble to get somewhere else to take you on this other journey. Yeah, but, no, but the thing is, too, is like if you didn't take those other steps, you wouldn't get there, right? If you didn't see your friend in Mexico, you, so it's not like it, there is a plan, right? You just don't know what it is sometimes. Right. It's like... I think you're right on that plan because... The town we happen to wind up in, which is down here in, in Mexico, is very artsy, but we didn't move here for that. We moved here for the, the tranquility of it, the difference in its culture, the, you know, the, um, the dustiness of it. I think we didn't realize it, but maybe subliminally we saw this culture in this town, and here it is allowing us to do what we, we like to do. And I would say this place more so than many other places. So therefore, it allowed me to, to go back into the music and her, the writing. Maybe somehow it is in the back, like you don't think about it in the beginning. Maybe it's something you recognize and then it leads you there. The way you said it was really interesting. It's like, it's like you, you're, a, you're a musician, and, but you, you lay dormant for a while, right? You were doing all your tech. It's still there. And so somehow there was this connection when you guys were there, when you came there, like well, this does connect. You may, have, you may have thought about it subconsciously, right? It's like, but I like it, I feel it, and that's why. Because you had this yeah. great background. Right, and I think those are the visceral feelings you get when something doesn't resonate with you, or it does. Mm -hmm. when you, but you don't know what it is. Yeah. You know, that inner feeling or something. But I think that because we had our businesses, I think we see it in a professional way, and we yes. go at it in a professional way. We, we do it in the most professional way we can, and I see a lot of people here, not to say good things or bad things, but... I think your business background will allow you to lead into something else in a professional way that you would not have done if you didn't have that experience, I think. You don't get upset about things too often because you've been through it so many times before and you've had that professional experience. So I think by having the, uh, the time together, which we've been together for 20 years, and doing, we've done so many things together that even whatever our hopes and dreams are for the future, we know that we're going to do them together with love and joy. That's beautiful. Oh, it's good because you guys are trusting, you're trusting your experience when you make these decisions professionally, but then you're trusting your gut. Your gut is saying like, so there's, it's like two different levels, right? It's like, because a lot of people are like, well, I have this gut feeling, but I shouldn't do it. Like there's this third eye on their shoulder saying, don't do that. Don't do that. But your gut's saying, well, I really think I should. And you're like, no, I can't do that because someone told me I'd never do that, right? It's the kind of thing, right? Although we miss friends and family here a lot, when you move to a a new place. You're not defined by family boundaries or things that might have defined you in the past. Mm -hmm, and, and those, mm -hmm. and I and I noticed that when I was touring on when I toured for many years in bands, that people have an expectation of who you are, and that and that that can either enhance you or or, or limit like maybe you. limit you in some way. But here, you're, it's different. You meet new people. You're anonymous. And you're yeah, and you're just. <laughs> you're and you're you're being your and I think that allows you in some way for Charlotte too to just be yourself without having any restrictions if that makes sense and I didn't realize that till some time in when I was touring back then I'm like oh I'm not you know people don't know us or know me yeah so it's it's kind of liberating 
There's yeah. a liberation to it. But both you guys have that, you know, from knowing you guys, I mean, you're, you've been successful entrepreneurs before you did this together, entrepreneurs together, but it's like you you both weren't, weren't afraid to take risks, right? You both had kind of that, even before you moved there, that little freedom, like maybe I, I could try this even though maybe other people wouldn't, right? I say this, I would say, yeah, you are absolutely 100% right. We mitigated our risks. I didn't want to do something foolishly in business and in life. I think that, I think you have to take a good calculated risk, but not foolishly. So if, if you're talking to young couples, I would say really understand what you're up against and try to you know, manage that risk in some sense. And going into business, as you guys have, is a risk. How do you do that? You know, that's a great point. Like, and that's, especially for this podcast, like if people are trying to do this for the first time, like what do you do to mitigate it? What you do is you do it slowly and you take it in steps. You don't eradicate your past. You move, you take all your steps slowly. So you work for a business and then you slowly manage into your own business by taking the skill you had and going slowly in time, starting it part-time, starting it at night, moving it slowly. You don't jump ship. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Exactly. You don't jump ship. You do it in a slow manner. If you want to open a bagel shop, work for a, ba a bagel shop and then <laughs> learn how to make the bagels and then, you know, get some bagels on the side. Get a f And the way I did it, after I left the music industry, I was teaching and then I was, I was got into technology and I grabbed one client and two clients on the side and three clients on the side and four clients on the side then five clients on the side then as I was still working on another job. So I think the best way to mitigate it is to move into it slowly in a calculated way. That's all. Because then that allows you to see if it's going to work for you. Well, you know, and if it doesn't yeah. work for you and you fail, or not fail, but it doesn't work, you still have something to work with. To Your move risk to is minimal. Yeah. When we came down here, we didn't just come down here and not work. We had our businesses. For seven years, we were down here working every day as if we were you know, in our offices online nonstop. So Mark was doing his computer company, it was technology company, and had his guys running all over New York and New Jersey you know, fixing systems. And I had my school with my teachers that were all over the world, and we were doing the Celebrant Foundation with the students. So then we came to the point and we looked around at this beautiful place that's tranquil. Do we want to be working at this capacity for the rest of our lives? What do we want to do? So we said to ourselves that this is the time and place to take it to another level. What are we going to do? We don't know. But we ended up organizing ourselves, figuring out Mark came off of his business first. Then I came off of mine a little bit later because also my mom got real sick. So I was taking care of her for a while. So there's things that come up in your life that you have to be prepared for. So we didn't just jump ship from our companies automatically. We timed it, we organized it. And, uh, and then we were able to do as we were talking about the music and the poetry and the spoken word. It just happened, you know, but we were tuned in. We were tuned in and at any point in time, even now, if Mark doesn't want to do something, I would say to him, don't do it. What do you want to do next? Or maybe you don't want to do anything. We're human beings, right? We're not human doings. So we can just be. Take a walk out into the desert, go down to the beach with the dog. You know, but you have to be smart about it because in, in the world today, like you need some you need some financial mobility. Yeah, you do. Without you need that, to have that cushion. Unfortunately, that's the society we're in, so you need to you have to plan it in some way. Yeah. To get some some financial freedom in that level. However it works for you. Thank you guys for being on the show. This was great. Our pleasure. Thank you so much, guys. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You're listening to A Couple of Entrepreneurs, a Branding Shorts podcast. Stay tuned for more.